It's just after 5 o'clock, and you are tuned in to KZMU Moab Community Radio. It's This Weekend in Moab, and I'm your host, Molly Marcello. Um, here with two folks in studio, we have uh, the mayor of Moab, Joette Langanese, and the city's first transit coordinator, Richard Laurie. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. All right. And actually joining us via Zoom, um, this will be a good opportunity to make sure that we have everything plugged in and connected, is uh, the CEO of Downtowner. Um, hi, Stephen. Are you there? Hello. All yes, right. I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Um, Stephen is Great. joining us. Um, Downtowner is uh, running Moab's transit service, so he'll be popping on to give us um, some insight about that company. But first, Joette, I know that you were elected to um, your position as mayor after this conversation um, had gotten going. You know, right. the ball was sort of rolling on transit. But if you would, do you mind filling in our listeners of why why we are having this transit service sure. in the first place? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, the previous council, we, we did get some funding from UDOT for hotspot funding. And the intent of that money at, at the beginning was to build a parking garage. And so the council at the time, I think, thought, well, maybe there's a better use for that money than just a parking garage. We're dealing with traffic congestion. Maybe there's some other ideas that will help alleviate that problem besides just a parking garage, which was forward thinking, in my opinion. And so they met, they talked about different ideas, and they came up with a bike trail on right. Spanish Trail, mm-hmm. which is getting started, I believe. Um, dispersed parking, which we're going to see that headache coming up really soon, and we start moving forward with that. And then the transit program. Um, and just, just to give you a little background with Richard, When I started, Richard was the VISTA volunteer for the sustainability department. And then our sustainability director left, and he basically took charge and did such an excellent job that when this position opened that we needed somebody to manage our transit program, he was the best candidate for the job. So we're happy that he's there and excited for uh, the future of transit in Moab. Amazing. And um, this has been a conversation I want to say, and I apologize if you just said this, um, since around 2018 since we got that funding. And um, this week, it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. Richard, you know, how is this going to work? Well, we're going to have two microtransit vehicles, which are an on-demand shuttle, where if you go into the app that you'll be seeing a lot more of soon, uh, you can schedule pickup and a drop-off anywhere in the service area, whether it be at your house, at a restaurant, whatever. You can have an on-demand vehicle come and pick you up, ADA access, plenty of seating. So it's more of a free, comfortable Uber. (laughs) And then there's a fixed route option as well, where we're going to have about 19 stops going up and down Main Street from Fairfield to the north, down to the USU campus to the south. And you can pick up and get on it at any time. The app will actually tell you where it is, where the shuttle is in relation to it. So you can get an estimated time on when it will be there. So you don't have to say, oh, I bet this is going to come at 6.05. You can actually track where the, sh- the transit is. Exactly. Amazing. Okay, so you just said there's going to be an on-demand service. There's going to be a fixed route. Um, these are accessible via an app. Is there also a phone number associated with this too? There is a phone number. <laughs> it is one eight three three Matt free and I just need a... No, you're right. You're right. I have it in my notes. one eight three three matfree And residents can schedule a ride that way as yep. well. 
Okay. All right. Now turning to Stephen Murray, thank you so much for joining us from Downtowner. Um, like I said at the top, you know, this company is contracting with Moab City to run the service as Moab Area Transit. Um, but it's something that Downtowner is familiar with. You're in Lake Tahoe, you're in Tampa, you're in Aspen, a number of cities. Um, can you give us a little overview of your of, of how Downtowner works? Yeah. So to keep it really, really short, uh, it's usually a three-hour story, but <laughs> we started the company in 2012 uh, because we really wanted a better way to get around our own t- our own town. Um, you know, we had a fixed route and fixed routes work great. You know, like in Moab, it's going to work great. Um, if you're near a stop and you're going to somewhere that's near a stop, that's what fixed routes for. Um, but if you're, you know, back in the neighborhoods um, or your destination is nowhere near a stop, that's really where microtransit comes in. Um, and, and, you know, we found a lot of a lot of success in the mountain west um mainly because these are forward-thinking communities uh, forward-thinking communities can implement changes a lot faster than you know communities that are <clears throat> a little bigger um you know red tape politics all that comes into play um so you know we're really excited to launch in moab uh, this one was kind of close to our hearts so we were really really excited and and, and happy that the city chose us as a partner um you know, we have a long track record of delivering um, these services and, and delivering them, you know, with really high satisfaction to the riders and high satisfaction to, you know, the stakeholders, which are all the funding partners in the city. Um, so we're going to, you know, make everyone proud and, you know, give some give, give you guys a service that, um, you know, everyone will be really proud to have in town. Um, so, yeah, we're in a lot of different communities around, uh, you know, around the West. Um, you know, everyone's different. Everyone is a little different, but... You know, we're really used to working in places where, you know, really big influx of tourism, um, you know, difficult, you know, difficult employment conditions just because there's not, you know, you don't have, you know, urban sprawl to pull from as far as, you know, employees go. So, you know, this is kind of uh, feels like home for us in a way. Um, and we're really excited to be there. So, okay. All right. It sounds like you're, uh, Excited, for lack of a better word, um, to very add, excited. add Moab to your transit. Yeah, and honored to you know be the provider that's been chosen to offer public transportation in Moab. Um, you know, it's something that's been missing, and it's really going to help change a lot of lives um, of you know tourism for tourists. But really, you know, it's for everybody. Um, you know, Chuck had mentioned that you know a while back in an article. Um, you know the residents are really going to appreciate having the service when they don't have to compete for parking places. And oh, I don't want to go down there. It's going to be too busy or, Hey, you know, I don't have a car. My car's in the shop. How am I going to get to a doctor's appointment or to, you know, take my dog, you know, to a park or something like that. Um, so, you know, we're really, you know, we're for everybody and giving people, um, you know, just access to mobility is, is the, it's, it's the kind of our mantra. So. Got it. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for adding that. You know, as far as you two in the room, the mayor of Moab, Joette, and the transit coordinator, Richard, you know, do you expect this to help decrease traffic, um, commuter traffic, but also visitor traffic? And and why? I suspect that it's going to take probably a year or two for people to get used to the fact that we do have public transportation. Right. But, you know, in the long term, yes, I think it will help decrease some of the traffic congestion. You know, we've got Mm -hmm. these new hotels south of town, north of town. It's hard for them to get into town. And so having the ability to jump on a bus and come downtown and go to dinner 
and then go back to your hotel without getting in your car, I think is, is a huge asset that, you know, over time, my expectation is that it's going to expand beyond the current boundaries, I hope, yeah. so that we can access those people that live out here in Spanish Valley, right. you know, that don't want to drive into town, but don't want to ride their bike, mm-hmm. you know, so I, you know, so I would hope that it would expand, but I do think it's going to take a year or so for people to get used to it. You know, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully <laughs> that we'll see, you know, a decrease in traffic downtown this spring, you know, which is starting to ramp up as we speak. Yes. Yeah. And I would like to add also that we're going to be collecting data on the usage, rider statistics and usage and whatnot. So we're going to have a flexible, flexible schedule and we flew it to the demand. So we have to meet that demand like where it's needed. And yeah, I think that'll also help to reduce traffic. Yeah, related to collecting data, you know, this is a pilot program, mm-hmm. right? So what does that mean for anyone listening? This this is not necessarily guaranteed to stick around forever, right? Well, and that's going to have to do with funding. Right. You know, uh, right now, Richard, you know, help me out here. But I think, you know, for the first couple of years, there's really no cost to Moab other than Richard's position. But then mm-hmm. over time, we'll have to start picking up more of those costs when the UDOT money runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that we're looking at avenues for funding. There was just a new bill that passed this year, uh, this legislative session about funding that's available to counties and cities that have transit uh, transit um, authority. And also um, there's another sales tax funding that's transit money that we also have available. So over these next couple of years, the city is going to be actively looking at funding resources that mm-hmm. we can use to help support it in right. the long term. Okay. And we have this program guaranteed with the UDOT money for how many years? Five years. Five years. Okay. All right. So that's a, a long time to sort of e- experiment. Well, yep. the, I think as, as it moves through the years, the amount of money that the city needs to put into the program gets larger. Sure. Okay. So by the time okay. we get to the fifth year, I think it's something like a million dollars that we're going to have to put into the transit program in order to pay for, for all the services. Um, so yeah, over so we've got a couple of years to really look at where the resources are to help support it. Mm-hmm. There's also just so you know, um, the Office of um, the Association of Governments mm-hmm. also is looking at a transit service. So we're going to be meeting with them to see if there can be a connection throughout Southeast Utah, so all the way to San Juan County up to Price. Wow, you know this this transit program has been described as supporting things like active transportation as well. Um, Richard, do you mind talking about that? Um, how how will it do that? Well, as Mayor Langanese said earlier, I was a sustainability vista, so walkability and having you know sustainable cities is big for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that this can increase active transportation, meaning bicycles, walking, and whatnot, because people. You know, you'll be able to walk to the bus stops mm-hmm. instead of maybe driving around town. Maybe you can walk from your house to the bus stop instead. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, I was just in D.C. And, you know, and or everybody walks. Everybody walks everywhere. Or you take a cab. Or you take the metro. But you have to walk to get to the metro. So I think that adjustment's going to be a little challenging for our community. It's just as easy to hop in your car. But we want people to, to walk to the bus stop. I mean, it's not going to be that far away. Right. Yeah, and then if we can expand the service in the future with more funding, it'll be even easier to walk to right. where mm-hmm. the stops are. Will there be bike racks on these vans? Sadly, for the first go around, no. <laughs> okay. Because we had to put in wheelchair lifts in sure. the back, and 
that cut off our ability to put on the bike racks. Well, that's very important. Like you mentioned at the top, um, these will be ADA accessible vans. So um, that was a question, you know, how will people with disability aids be able to navigate these transit options? Do you mind expanding on that? So we have four transit vans and the back end of them, uh, instead of take instead of having two seats in the back, it'll instead be one wheelchair spot. We'll have a lift in the back for people in wheelchairs to get up on that way. Great. And again, um, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with the mayor of Moab, Joette Langanese, and the city's um, transit coordinator, Richard Laurie. And joining us via Zoom is Stephen Murray from Downtowner, um, the company that the city has contracted with to run the Moab area transit pilot program. There's a ribbon cutting this week. The service is starting this week. Can you tell us about that? Sure. This Thursday at 10 o'clock at the MIC is where we're going to unveil the first van and cut the ribbon. The city has some brand new scissors that are just beautiful. They are very shiny. (laughs) (laughs) And so please join us there. We'll have some cake. We'll have some refreshments. And then, um, you know, a few of us uh, elected officials and others will take a little ride on the van and see where it goes. And then it'll be fully operational after that, I believe. Yep. I do want to say that normal hours would be 9 to 9, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. But on the ribbon cutting day, service will start after the ribbon cutting event. So that will be around 10, 30, 11. Okay. And um, this is a, you know, the I believe the on-demand portion is will be running year-round. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're correct. I am correct. <laughs> so the on-demand service will be running throughout the year. The fixed route, though, is seasonal. Is that correct? Yes. So the, se- the fixed route will only be from mid-March to mid-October. And then the rest of that time will just be microtransit. Also, the service hours will be a little bit lessened during the non-peak season from no. 9 to 5 instead of 9 to 9. All right. Um, and um, passing this back to, to Stephen one more time, you know, at the top of the program, we talked about how downtowners in other cities that are similar to the Mountain West. Can you talk about um, maybe one that has um, been longer running and um, what the reception has been in that community? Yeah. So, you know, our first community in the Mountain West was in Aspen, Colorado. Um, it's not too far from you guys. And, you know, it's funny. A lot of the things I'm hearing, it's, it's very similar, right? We're talking about active transportation. We're talking about, hey, you know, someone wants to do a hike and they're going to end up somewhere all the way across town. How are they going to get back? Um, you know, that's that's micro transit, right? Um, we, have, we see a lot of active transit um, where we're at, um, especially in the Mountain West with active lifestyle. Um, but yeah, Aspen, and it's funny enough too, you know, we were talking about, you know, hotspot funding and, and parking garages and okay, do we build a new parking garage? It's kind of encouraging people to, you know, drive and park, right? So we're kind of, you know, there's almost never enough, mm-hmm. right? But Aspen as a community took a step back and said, hey, we're going to actually double our parking rates downtown, which they went to like $8 an hour or something crazy. Yeah. Um, and they used the, the, the excess funding that they gained from that to fund alternative transportation to fund micro transit. Um, and there was a, a big study that they did during the first year and they found that their, you know, business was up, taxes were up in town for the businesses. So everyone was making a lot of money. It was like one of the best years ever. Parking occupancy was way down. And so if people really did want to come into town and park, they could find a spot. Um, but instead of just, you know, jacking up the parking rates and not doing anything, they did that and then they give they gave you know local residents and visitors as well a way to hey look you don't have to come pay for the parking because here's free transportation right 
So kind of solving parking problems, you know, holistically um, and not just with, you know, thinking about, hey, more parking spaces or, you know, how do we get, how do we store all these cars? Um, this is more, you know, we're thinking along the lines of let's do without the car, right? If, if you're going to come and you're going to stay in Moab and you're going to be at the hotel and you're going to be, you know, a mile north of town, ride transit. I mean, it's going to be much easier for the visitor to do that. They're going to have a better experience. I mean, they're probably, you know, they're more likely to come back if they have a great time and it's easy to use the town, but also it's freeing up parking for people that actually do need those spots. You know, not everyone's going to be able to use transit to get into Moab. Um, so, you know, but we're hopefully going to be there to kind of bridge the gap and give, you know, those residents and visitors the way to, to get to town without a car, which is, I think, you know, the ultimate goal. Yeah, thank you for going through that. The micro transit in a town like Moab is really interesting because, yeah, people are used to coming here via car. You know, maybe on a road yeah. trip, they're going to see the national park. So it's going to be an interesting yeah. transition. I mean, in, yeah. in a lot of our other service areas um, where, you know, there are even like second homeowners, you know, anecdotally, we've heard from, you know, and this is Tahoe, Aspen, you know, Jackson, a lot of these, these small towns you know, Hey, we, we used to bring two cars here during the summer. Now we only bring one. Um, and that's, you know, that's impactful, right? When you can actually, you know, have that, that effect where people are so less dependent on cars where they're not even bringing them. That's, that's really powerful stuff. So we hope to do the same there. And, uh, for mayor Joette, I heard that uh, it might take a year. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that it's gonna take way less. All but right, I'll hold you to that, Steve. I, I yeah, I'll hold I want to hear that. Hold my feet to the fire. I, like I don't want to. You know, I'm I'm like it might take a number of weeks, but you know, somewhere between me and you, I think we're gonna be I think we're gonna be happy. Good. Well, I also want to just kind of encourage our locals to use it. You right. know, I mean, this is not only 100%. benefit the tourists; it's going to benefit us. And and I think from a city's perspective, we really want it to be used by our local community mm-hmm. as much as possible. You know, mm-hmm. both on demand and if you're downtown, you know, and you don't want to walk all the way down to the other end of Main Street, right. hop on the bus instead mm-hmm. of instead of going and getting your car and driving, you know, four blocks. So, mm-hmm. you know, we really want to encourage our local community to to use it and see what it's like and be, make it part of their transportation process throughout downtown right yeah Yeah. you're you're reminding me that um when i used to work um downtown at the times independent we'd have people come in and they'd complain because you know they were running to the post office and then to the co-op and then someplace uptown and then someplace downtown and they're like well i'm getting in my car so much and like everybody else (laughs) is on the same route so perhaps it could be used for the fixed route for errands Mm -hmm. and your downtown necessities yep um, and also, yeah, getting to getting to a trailhead. That's going to be that's going to be nice. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to definitely drive the point home that this is definitely for residents as well as visitors. Um, but, you know, the residents are really, you know, the people that drive the popularity of the service. Right. Um, if you're you know, using it and you also work at a hotel, you can you know, recommend it to the guests. So, um, you know, in our other areas that could be you know, somewhat comparable to Moab. Um, I would say that, you know, slow season, obviously, you know, residents, cause there's not many tourists in town, but, you know, really good mix of, you know, residents and tourists using the services. Um, I would say 50, 50, you know, 60, 40 residents, visitors, depending. Um, so, you know, really strong mix. And I, I don't expect it to be, you know, that, that much different in Moab. So I'm hoping we see a really strong, you know, local contingent. Great. 
Yeah, and like Richard said, I mean, you'll be collecting data on who's engaging with the oh, service. Yeah. And again, you know, how do people connect with the service? We talked about it at the top, but do you mind um, going over with our listeners again? Sure. So one of the most visible and beautiful ways to see it is we have a whole bunch of uh, stop signs, bus stop signs coming up that are beautiful. They're very <laughs> colorful. I love them. They have a QR code on them. Okay. Then all the uh, promo material will have a QR code on it. Mm-hmm. So if you just open up your camera, point it at the QR code, it should come up with a link to a website mm-hmm. or the app store. Or you can just find it by looking for Mulberry Transit on the App Store. Download that, and there you go. Okay. And um, I'm sure there's information on Moab City's website. Yes. Okay. All right. This is exciting stuff. Um, The Moab Area Transit pilot program is um, kicking off this week. Either of you two, Joette or Richard from the city, do you have anything that you want to impress upon our listeners about the service? Anything else? Well, it's a... a it's a novelty that's just, I mean, you can look back that in March 16th, 2023, we started a transit service. And as if, and I believe that it's going to be very successful for us. And my hope is that we can continue it, expand the service. My understanding is the data that you're going to collect is also going to be useful to find out the areas where people may need more on demand so that perhaps we can change the route, you know, include other routes so that people don't have to walk as far so my hope is that you know take advantage of this and let's see how big it can grow because more people are going to be coming to moab and we're we're going to grow and so we want to be able to have a sustainable downtown that's just not clogged with traffic of course and yeah again this is a fluid process so if anybody listening any users have any feedback send it on over to uh matt i think we have Either the phone number or you could send it to me directly. Okay. How do they get a hold of you, Richard? Uh, <laughs> let's look at the Matt, Wed- Matt website Matt on website. the okay. moabcity.org. All right. Moab Area Transit is coming. You know, um, you folks from the city are hopeful that more people will engage with it and that it will even expand to other um you know, there is on demand, but the fixed route would perhaps expand to Mm -hmm. Spanish Valley, which is obviously where, you know, a lot of growth may be coming. Correct. All right. Um, Steven from Downtowner, do you have any last words that you'd like to add about the service? Encourage everyone to use it, you know, send feedback through the city. Um, But, you know, we're we're honored to be chosen as the vendor for the service. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to work to make it work, you know, really well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to being a really important part of the community and, and honored again to, to serve the city of Moab. And tomorrow, uh, Richard is going to make a presentation at the city council meeting. And so I'm sure there's going to be some details on maps and that kind of thing that you're going to share. So tune in tomorrow night on YouTube okay. and you can learn a little bit more details and specific and visuals yes. as to mm-hmm. uh, how the service is going to be provided and what the service area is. Yeah. Yep. You know, we do like to say that radio is the most visual medium because you can imagine <laughs> things in your mind, but it's hard when there's uh, you need a map, right? <laughs> I generally know the fixed route is, uh, you know, Fairfield to usu is that right yeah okay all right but maybe you're right joe at maps would be helpful for people interacting with the service well thank you all so much um thank you steven i'm gonna let you go um we appreciate you thank you guys thank you and it'll be exciting when the next uh 
coming weeks and hopefully under a year until people get the gist of Moab Area Transit. Sounds like they have big, that's going <laughs> to just take off, which is what we hope. I that's like what it. we hope. Well, Me too. Well, it's interesting because it does seem like, you know, when this first idea was first proposed, it was kind of a novelty um, because people just aren't used to that here in Moab. I, I would never have thought of that for a town of our size. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, it's a great opportunity. Well, thank you, too. Um, Again, the ribbon cutting is on Thursday Mm -hmm. at 10 10 a.m. That's when you can begin taking free transit rides. Right, at the MIC, which is going to be a permanent spot for, that's going to be a... uh, Pick it's up a fixed spot. route spot, yeah. Yep. Yeah, before you go, any favorite spots that uh, are going to be on the fixed route, Richard? Oh, favorite spots. Let's see. Well, the transit hub, like up by Lions Park. Sure. Pretty, pretty, pretty nice spot. Yeah. Also, let's see. Uh, I think the make one, actually. That's the probably make- my, one of my favorite <laughs> Your one. Favorite it's going to be in the parking lot in right. the back. Yep. So, uh-huh. And then USU. I mean, here's an right. opportunity to get out to campus. And- oh, yeah. All right. Very exciting. Um, Moab Area Transit. If um, folks have um, questions, like Joette said, you can tune in to the city council meeting on Tuesday. Tuesday. Tomorrow, 6 o'clock. Right, tomorrow, 6 o'clock for those visual aids and more information or show up to the ribbon cutting um, or check out the city's website at moabcity.org. There's lots of information out there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, too. Thank um, you. We're going to take a quick music break and be back with the community coordinator at Grand County Schools. Jeremy Spaulding, he's going to give us an update of some events that are happening um, in the school district. So stay tuned. It's KZMU Moab. You're tuned in to 90.1 and 106.7 FM. And it's This Week in Moab with your host this week, Molly Marcello. And I'm joined on the program today by Jeremy Spaulding. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going, Mark? (laughs) I I keep like uh, mumbling folks names today like i'm moving very fast so thank you for rolling with me here that's it's monday it's all good it's monday i know i'm rolling into monday um so jeremy is the school district's community coordinator um you do a lot of things and one of those things is communicating with the community about um, the school district which is what you're here to do um there's an event that's coming up that sounds pretty cool it's called youth voices speak out what is this event and why should we care about it? This event is cool. Um, <laughs> so every year, the district, um, every school district in Utah has to do a series of events that are focused on bringing parents and kids into spaces to learn about prevention. And this event is putting that prevention, education, and teaching in the hands of youth. So hence the name, Youth Voices Speak Out. So prevention, what are we talking about when we say prevention? Um, We're talking about helping kids as they grow up um, to uh, grow into healthy, happy, uh, centered adults. And Mm -hmm. so that means uh, prevention in the form of parent events around um, addiction awareness, parent Mm -hmm. events around... Um, what does it mean to have mental health issues like anxiety mm-hmm. and depression? What does it mean to um, protect your kids and to be aware of bullying and cyberbullying? Mm. And so this event says to kids, what are the issues that you see in your schools? Mm-hmm. And um, how do you come through those events? What does it mean to have resilience in the face of anxiety, depression? Mm. What does it have in in the face of suicidality? Mm. 
mm-hmm. um, in the face of um, addiction, in the face of um, issues at home, because mm-hmm. a lot of our students have issues communicating with their parents, especially as teenagers. So how do you come through that? Right. Um, and what we did is we we polled our students, and those were the those were the big um, four or five. And we said to them, hey, we're going to give you guys prizes and have a competition to say, what does resilience mean to you in the face of these challenges? Mm-hmm. So uh, the school district's idea was to engage youth. Instead of um, having another event where it's talking to youth, it's actually youth talking. Well, and what do we know about mental health? We know that when um, someone has intrinsic motivation, when they learn something themselves, when they come to a decision themselves, it means mm-hmm. something to them. Mm-hmm. And so if you challenge youth to go out and learn for themselves, they're going to learn that better. And then if they teach it, they learn it even more. That's the, like, the idea of meta-teaching is huge. Mm-hmm. And so this event is kind of cool because it says, oh, you have, you have these troubles. You're a, a seventh through 11th grader mm-hmm. and you have troubles in your everyday life. We know how challenging it is to grow up and be a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you want to share what it is to come through something? So what first thing what we did is it was my, it's myself. Um, our counselors at the middle school and high school are, are leading the charge. So Derek Cook and Stacey Gebhardt. Um, and we went into classrooms and we said, what is resilience? What does that mean? Mm. Um, and we could, you know, health classes go in and do lessons on what does it mean to have anxiety? You know, you go through all of those things mm-hmm. through your time in school, but not always does it say, what does it mean to have resilience from these things? Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. so we gave children the opportunity to say, what does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. Have I gone through this? Can I share a story about myself mm-hmm. and my own experience? Uh, or what does it mean in my community? So the whole theme of this event, Youth Voices Speak Out this year, is uh, finding resilience in community. Um, and so how did I come through something? How did my family come through something? Mm-hmm. And I shall share a story in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean, and who's doing awesome things in, in Moab proper mm-hmm. um, to help people come through and bounce back when they fall down? Mm-hmm. And then to say, what does it mean in the world to have resilience? And who's doing really amazing things on that front? And you made it into sort of a competitive format to um, encourage participation. Is that <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> we know that, um, yeah, money talks. <laughs> money and, talks. <laughs> and we also know that um, if you have an excitement for something you've created mm-hmm. and you could win something, mm-hmm. you want people to come and see you win. Right. And so um, we hope that, um, it inspires some excitement for the event. Um, we hope that, you know, people come out and s- you can win some dollars. You know, kids oh, don't we- always have the chance to win dollars. So Okay. All right. Hold hard cash. <laughs> so this is going to be, you know, a, a competition event for the high school and middle school. Um, they're all doing essays. Are they doing photo collages? What What kind of projects? So we wanted this to be a creative opportunity. And mm-hmm. so... Um, we have a couple of different modalities, and in, the, in this is the third time this event has been done. This, okay. is, this was a um, an idea that Derek Cook mm-hmm. and um, and longstanding uh, pastor um, Dick Pacheco oh, came yeah. together mm-hmm. from the Interfaith Coalition and, mm-hmm. and 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 brought some money forward for this event in the past and helped make it happen. Um, and I'm losing my train of thought. 
Oh, you know, yeah. what what kind of um, projects will... Oh, different yeah. projects. Okay. Yeah. Um, so at the high school level, and for the last couple of years, they have done essays and videos. And so mm-hmm. we're continuing with that theme. Um, the sophomores and juniors are doing um, either essays or videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the middle school, we have f- um, five different creative options. Mm-hmm. So they can do a digital poster, Mm-hmm. Um, a art poster because mm-hmm. um, some kids like to draw and Canva is amazing and they can create quite beautiful things mm-hmm. um, or Photoshop or mm-hmm. all, all kinds of other different um, styles there. Um, we have a photo essay so they can take a series of photos and mm-hmm. put captions to them and tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, they could do a performance mm-hmm. so of a skit or a song or a dance that represents resilience to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can kind of choose their own adventure with a creative rubric um, mm. and build a sculpture or create right. a build make a dress or mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, different ways that that students are taking advantage of that amazing all right this event it's called youth voices speak out and it's uh next week march 21st from 6 to 8 p.m at grand county high school's auditorium um first time this event has been held in person since 2019 is that right yeah so it um you know, we haven't had a chance to gather <laughs> as, as easily. And uh-huh. so, um, and uh, I, I think last time they did it, it was like 400 people came out. So oh, we're, wow, hoping, wow, we're wow. hoping a chunk of folks come out again and uh-huh. remember um, mm-hmm. what a what a great event it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. I think we have a, a pretty cool lineup. Because it's been so long since, you know, there was an event like this in person, you know, is there a performance element to it as well? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've got so uh-huh. so in addition um, to our student performances. So um, there will be well, it, it, our our competitors uh-huh. potential performances. There will also be the band is mm-hmm. going to come out and perform um, one or two songs. Uh, the drill team is going to come in and share a really um, amazing dance. Um, and we'll have some theater performance. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have uh, student MCs leading the charge and students talking about um, their work. Um, uh, Willow uh, Nichols will be the MC for the event. Very excited. She's the student body vice president of the high school. Um, We'll have Lillian Scott um, talking about her project, which was um, to to create this survey. Mm -hmm. So she'll be explaining her process and doing that. Um, And then we'll have um, community members coming in and sharing experiences about resilience. You know, you talked about this a little bit at the top, but, you know, why do you think it is so important for us to, you know, hear and listen to the perspective of youth on the subject of resilience? Um, You know, as much as we've all grown up, you know, adults have come into their own space. You forget what it is to be young and and -hmm. you forget what it is to and you don't know what it is to grow up in a new space like it is today. Mm you know, at doing events around cyberbullying, even you think about how different our experiences. I'm I'm 35, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. my experience as a kid was not that that instantaneous yeah. videoing of of you know you're, you're bullied and someone takes a video of that and then mm-hmm. suddenly it's sent out all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and to also we what do we want from youth? We want youth to have ownership. Um, of themselves, of their futures, of their school spaces, um, to have identity in an ability to change their own, to have in, that intrinsic motivation, to have a pathway um, to become 
independent, powerful adults. And so if you challenge them to learn, that spurs more mm. learning. Um, if they know best practices and they share it and they're celebrated for sharing it, mm-hmm. it gives them another layer of, of um, impetus to move forward and, and, and to live in the ways that they've learned. So mm. I, I think that a project like this has a lot of potential different benefits for students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it could be empowering to share those experiences too. Yeah, and I, you know, it, it's interesting to, it's a, it's a big concept for seventh and eighth graders. Sure. And I think a much more like tactile concept as mm-hmm. you get older. Um, and so I'm excited to see the different notions between age groups. I'm just excited overall. I think it's like a very strong, it's, it's a cool way to inspire um, kind of self-motivation in this realm. All right. The Youth Voices Speak Out event is coming back again, March 21st, 6 to 8 p.m. at Grand County High School. Um, Anything else on your mind related to this event, Jeremy? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think it has a little bit of everything. We'll have uh, refreshments for folks (laughs) to come out. So eat a a little dinner. We're not going to have a full dinner, but we'll have refreshments. (laughs) Um, We're having a a bunch of partner groups. So, um, you know, a space of mental health um, awareness and competition. Um, We'll have groups there that offer mental health Mm -hmm. and resilience and and build protective factors for our students. Um, They'll be on location, tabling and sharing information and resources that they have with the community. So excited for that. Amazing. Um, Ancha will be there speaking. We'll have some representatives from USARA there speaking. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be a robust and, and motivating night. We have wonderful judges from the community coming out um, with different skills to offer and, and sharing um, sharing the best of um, our competitors and, and presenting their awards. So excited for those folks. And Nice. It's okay. quite a, a quite a robust event, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of student participation as well. Oh yeah, hundreds of students are participating. Ooh, hundreds this, so. of students, yeah. right? Yeah, between the the band and yeah. Well, and yeah. and the entire junior and sophomore class um, put things out, and hopefully, this a good chunk of seventh and eighth graders will will uh, will bring out really good projects. So I'm excited. Represent the middle school. Yeah. <laughs> Win some money. So if you're listening out there and your student is on the fence, encourage them mm-hmm. because they have an opportunity to share something. They have an opportunity mm-hmm. to shine and some and to win some money. So if you think your kid has, you know, if your kid's complaining to you, <laughs> you know, about about the world, they mm-hmm. have an opportunity to to share their speak perspective out. and to speak out. Mm-hmm. So so encourage them to do so. And how much money are we talking about here, Jeremy? Oh, um, I think at the high school level we're looking at um, five and two fifty for our winners. Wow! And at the middle school level, one hundred and fifty and fifty. Okay. So you know, at high school they can earn their own money, <laughs> so we're incentivizing <laughs> them. <laughs> As a middle schooler, you're incentivized to come to high school and continue to compete. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming up and talking to us about this event um, next week, Youth Voices Speak Out. Um, There's another event that's actually happening this week um, that's related to the school district. It's uh, about a potential change to the district schedule for the high school. Oh, it's um, it's it's not a potential. It's happening. All right. It's Um, uh, strike that it is about the change about the change. So the calendar has come (laughs) out. Okay. Um, So tomorrow night. Um, from 6 until 7 p.m. at the high school. If you're a high school uh, parent, you can go out and learn about 
um, a shift from trimesters into quarters. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a lot of really great data out there Mm -hmm. about how necessary this move is. Um, Of, I I don't have perfect data, but of, I think it was like 150 schools um, that switched from trimesters to quarters, they had huge jumps um, in grades, Mm -hmm. um, in graduation rates, um, and especially for uh, low socioeconomic status students and minority students mm-hmm. had huge leaps. And right now at, in the district, um, our, our graduation rate is, is not where we want it to be. And so um, our new principal, uh, Dr. Todd Thompson, has been really proactive in creating um, solutions and bringing in um, good data Mm-hmm. Um, to back up changes he's trying to make for the better at the high school. And so tomorrow you can hear about the data that went into this idea of creating quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear about the support that teachers have given this change. Um, you can ask questions. You can learn about why all of this has gone into place and also learn about the way that Dr. Thompson is working towards um, really creating um, the best environment for students to learn. Um, and to learn about um, all the reasons that went into making um, a change to the quarter system. All right. So that informational meeting is tomorrow night at the high school at 6 p.m. Anything else to add about moving to a quarter schedule? I mean, some things that that I know off the top of my head from from being in in meetings is um, it allows more time in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So there's more time for... Uh, for project-based learning, which is uh, motivating to many students. There's more time for um, for small group work. There's more time for remediation for teachers mm-hmm. um, to be able to go over things. Um, with a quarter system, you have um, an opportunity, if, if your student does not um, pass a class, to be able to take it again because there's more quarters mm-hmm. in the year mm-hmm. to be able to come back to a class. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of just... Um, a, a lot of good data about this is is out there. Those are just a few things, a few reasons why. The, another big reason, too, is that um, you are, at a high school level, you're going from a system of quarters at the high school to then also doing quarters in college. Mm-hmm. So it's a seamless transition. It helps to be able to do that. Um, if you're doing concurrent enrollment classes, mm-hmm. they line up really well. And most other communities are also on this quarter mm-hmm. semester system. And so it's if you transfer into, into Moab, you're not going to be waiting around. Mm-hmm. If you're a new student and you've left at the end of your quarter, you're not mm-hmm. going to sit around for several weeks without an ability to, to go into class. So mm-hmm. lots of good benefits. Um, and you can learn a lot more from, from Dr. Thompson uh, tomorrow at 6 to 7 p.m. at the high school. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy um, Spalding, for being up here and being our guest on This Week in Moab. Again, the change to the school schedule is tomorrow night at 6. And Youth Voices Speak Out, remind us when this event is coming up. It is on Tuesday, March 21st from 6 to 8 p.m. at Grand County High School. And people can find out more, find a flyer, find out more information on... The- um, there'll, it'll be in the paper. Okay. It's on okay. uh, It's on the website uh-huh. on uh, grandschools.org, um, as well as we've got a Facebook group. So if you look up Youth Voices Speak Out, you will find it there. Thank you so much for being here. 
If you missed part of the show or want to revisit it, it is on the archive at kzmu.org. We also um, podcast This Week in Moab. You can find that on your podcast player at KZMU Public Affairs. And those are typically up by Friday. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Stick with us. We have an exciting program schedule coming up and music programming from 7 and beyond.